Welcome to another audio teaching brought to you by Touch the Nations Ministries, focusing on establishing His kingdom, building His temple, and restoring the image of the Son. Now join Dr. Ben Clanons for this inspiring message. This morning I want to speak to you about war in the heavenlies. But that's actually not what I, what I want to concentrate. I want to talk to you about two things, how to walk in health and how to live a sinless life. Amen. How many of you would like to know that? Yes. Let me just repeat a few things without saying too much about what I've already said. But like you said this morning, we understand that we started this whole journey with the Reformation, that that's the installation of the proceeding word, and that God has really want us as a church, as, a, as an individual and corporate people, to come to a greater understanding of what he is saying in this season. Greater understanding of the proceeding word that God is releasing, and for us to be enlightened, our hearts to be flooded and lit up with this light, which is the word, which is actually a person. And therefore, if, if we can have our hearts so lit up that our soul will reflect, you know, it can only reflect your spirit or your flesh. That when your soul wants to reflect, it has nothing else but to reflect your spirit, man, which is so full of light that when you reflect through your soul the light that's in your spirit, they will see the glory of God. So that is what God is actually after, to reform us to that dimension, to our original state, to our our origin, our genesis that we had with him before the foundation of the earth. That's his desire. That's why God keeps on saying certain things to us over and over again because he wants to make sure that these things are instilled in our lives. God wants us to be spiritually aligned to the word of God. God wants to bring us back to his original intent with our lives. God wants to bring us back to full obedience like in the Garden of Eden, to a lifestyle of obedience where we are living in the light of God, becoming the light, which is the highest form of everything, so we we can reflect our true nature, which is the likeness and the image of Christ himself. But we struggle. And we struggle, although I might say a few things that are going to sound negative now, I promise you it's going to end up positive. Yes. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 6, and the Amplified says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical or carnal. Weapons are flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Where is the forming of strongholds? in the mind. Nowhere else. So the battlefield is in the mind. And the walk in in the heavens is this, is to what spirit we are responding to. To that of the influence of the demonic forces out of the heavens or that of the spirit of God that wants to enlighten or illuminate the very word of God on the inside of you. But our weapons, our warfare is not physical, not of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that set itself up against the knowledge of God. You see, you have to understand, reasoning has only got one nature. It wants to oppose. And what does it want to oppose? The true knowledge of God. So you find that you are struggling with reasoning. Then you have to know that there's a spirit that wants to oppose the truth. Amen. This is this. And we lead. Not someone else. Not the pastor. You. 
I, me. We lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. Being in readiness to punish every disobedience. Why? When your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. The way that we can come to a place of full secureness and completeness, perfection, wholeness in Him is by punishing every disobedience, by pulling down strongholds, stop the reasoning, stop the arguments, stop every lofty thing that wants to set itself up against Christ. But it's amazing to me in this scripture when I looked at this, when your own submission and obedience. Now all of a sudden, he says, we have to punish disobedience and our obedience will come to full, secure, and completion. But he adds something to that obedience. He adds submission, which is significant. Why did he add submission? What does submission mean? Because submission will help you to punish disobedience. If you don't understand what submission means, you will struggle to punish disobedience. Because a disobedience is reasoning, it's thoughts. It's something that wants to elevate itself. Watch this. The definition of submission is this. The action of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will of authority of another person. And you see, that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to surrender to another person. It means this. Submission is non-resistance. It's a passivity. <laughs> Dutifulness. I like some of these words. Meekness. Tameness. In other words, you're not wild. It means this. Patience. Humility. Subservience. Self-abasement and obedience. It says double obedience. The opposite of submission is this, resistance. So what is it? It's actually where the human will wants to reign supreme. You want to be in control. That's our problem. We have to come to a place of submission where we lay down our will, even if it's to the will of your spiritual father. That does not make you weak. That makes you strong. I said this true dominion will never come till you rule your mind. If you cannot rule this piece of earth first, God will never give you other piece of earth to rule over. Dominion can never come. Full obedience can never come till you rule your mind. That's why 2 Corinthians 11.3 says this, But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted. So what is he after? Corrupting your mind. Why your mind? Because then he's got your soul. Ephesians 2 verse 2 says this, And which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Guys, you've got to see this thing. What is God busy restoring in the earth? Sonship. 
Talking about sons. How does the sons of the kingdom operate? Through obedience. How does the sons of the wicked one operate? Through disobedience. And he calls them sons. In other words, you acknowledge you've got a different father. You acknowledge you submit your life to somebody different than you. And you will choose. Your choice in life comes because of the state of your, the condition of your heart. A man's mind is governed by his heart. And the man's will operates according to his nature. The nature and condition of his heart. That's why we have to have our hearts reconditioned. And the only way we can recondition our heart is by the word. Because Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your nature of who you are and what you are will be manifested and reflected through the way how you think. So you can say, for instance, Oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a son of God. But the nature of the son of the evil one will manifest through your life through the way you think. If you're not careful. Either the son of disobedience or the son of obedience will manifest. But a son will manifest. A son will manifest. Now we know that the source of obedience or disobedience is not the will, but it's the heart. Ephesians 1 verse 17 to 18 Amplified. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into the mysteries and secrets, in a deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having, by having, how? By having, how? By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. So that you can know and understand. So knowledge and understanding comes when your heart is flooded with light. In other words, if I can be rude a little bit, you will walk in stupidity and ignorance if the eyes of your heart is not flooded. You will have no knowledge, no understanding. You will walk in darkness if the eyes of your heart is not enlightened. Because by having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that's when your eyes go open, your understanding goes open, because now you know you have knowledge, you have insight, not only into the natural things, but into the deep and intimate things of God. Amen. That's why when you talk to people, then you find that some people, they have only shallow conversation. Why do they have shallow conversation? When they open their mouth, they can only talk about quickies and coffees. And the reason for that is because they don't have insight into the deep and intimate things of God. They can't have a proper conversation with you. Thank you, Jesus. They can't even talk to you about the things of God because they have no understanding of the things of God because their eyes have been shut. And it's become dull. I'll give you scripture just now. But the desire of God is this. And it's always been His desire that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light so that you can know so that you can understand Paul prays oh that I might know him 
Some of us don't have a desire to know Him. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, And you will guard Him and keep Him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. Because He commits Himself to you and leans on you and hopes confidently in you. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against the prince, the spirit that wants to activate the sons of disobedience. And if that works in the children of disobedience, you will never win this war in the heavenlies if you rely on your natural mind or the flesh. Now listen, I want to make a statement. For the church to be fully functional, for the church of Jesus Christ to be fully functional, the mind has to be healed. For the mind to be healed, the heart has to be reconditioned. All the tension and strife, listen to my words, sin and sickness comes from a mind that wants to reign supreme. This is the problem. Most of our trouble that we experience in life is not because of what God did and what the devil did. It comes because your mind, the mind of the flesh, wants to reign supreme. Does not want to submit to the things of God. Does not want to be in obedience and submission. Does not want to punish disobedience. But wants to have reasonings, thoughts, and actions, and lofty things that set itself up against the truth of God. A mind that has not been fully surrendered to the proceeding word that is released in this season will always, always lose the war. Psalm 119, verse 140 to 143 says this. Your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. What God is saying to us in this season is a pure word. And it's not just pure, it is very pure. Very pure. I am small and despised, this is David saying Yet I do not forget your precepts or your principles, if you will, or the apostolic doctrine, if you will. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your law is truth. Yet your commandments are my delight. So what is our dilemma? I'm going to say something and don't get offended when I say it. But I tell you what, this is my personal understanding of what I see in the church. Our dilemma is double-mindedness. And you know what they call that in intellectual language? Schizophrenia. Do you know what the definition of schizophrenia is? Do you know what it means? Hold on to your seat. A split mind. A mind that is split. Let me show you something. 
Scripture. We say yes to the Lord, but we still do what we want to do. We say we want to be a part of the season, but we still do what we want to do. We say it's a wonderful word, we embrace it, but we still do what we want to do. We still make choices. We still make decisions that benefit us, those seemingly benefit. Instead of surrendering, coming into submission of the word that God has released, this proceeding word. A person that has a split mind or that has schizophrenia, a person with this mindset, watch it, has two masters, drinks out of two cups, and sits at two tables. Let me give you a scripture. Luke 16, verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. And in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 21. Watch this. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. That's where the scripture comes in, where the Lord says, were you but warm or cold? But now that you look warm, I will spew you out of my mouth. That's the effect of double-mindedness. Double-mindedness will cause you to drink out of two cups instead of two tables, serving two masters. And God says, I can't allow that. You cannot be a son of obedience and a son of disobedience at the same time. You cannot come and sit in my cup every Sunday and trust in me and thanking me for the work that I've done on the cross of Calvary, but in the week you eat from somebody else's cup, which is demons and demonic forces. You cannot come and drink from this cup Sunday after Sunday, thanking me for my blood and the salvation work that I've accomplished for you, and then go there and live as if I've never done that for you by drinking the cup of demons. The definition of schizophrenia is this. A mentality or approach characterized by inconsistent and or contradictory elements involving a breakdown in the relationship between thought, emotions, and behavior. In other words, there's such a breakdown between your thought, your emotions, and your behavior. That's why Jesus say, they say with their mouth, they honor me, but their hearts are far from me. You see, where the two should be one, because there's schizophrenics, the element of divorce is there. There's a split, there's a deviation. There's a, there's a contradiction there's an inconsistency in the characteristics of this thing. There's a breaking down of the relationship between the thought, the emotions, and the behavior. We should be one. And it leads to what? To faulty perceptions. Now you make a false perception. Inappropriate actions. Now your actions are not that of a Christian. And feelings. That's why people say, I feel this, I feel that. They don't greet me, they don't do that. And then watch what the outcome is. Withdrawing from reality and personal relationships into fantasy and deception. So one of the sure signs, watch me. One of the sure signs of you having a double mind. One of the first things that will manifest in your life. You would want to withdraw. And the danger is that is, you want to loosen yourself from where the real life of God flows so that you can spend time with your own thoughts, which is the wrong cup that you're drinking from that will lead you into a greater 
place of confusion, deception, and into fantasies. So the moment you want to loosen yourself, that's when your fantasy world starts to kick in. The things you experience and see, you experience as if it is the truth, thinking God speaks to you, but it's the cup of demons and the table of demons that manifest through you. See how the war of the heavenlies, how the spirit comes to blind the minds of the people. Now, Proverbs 18, verse 2, let me give you some scriptures. Amplified. He who willfully separate and estranges himself, watch this, from God and man, seeks his own desire and pretext to break out against all wise and sound judgment. So the moment you want to loosen yourself, you want to walk away from wisdom. You seek your own desire. See, self-centeredness, selfishness. Matthew 15, verse 89. These people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts hold off and are far away from me. Verse 90 says, Uselessly do they worship me, for they teach as doctrine the commands of man. Then your whole worship, and I, I spoke about this, becomes nothing, just a mere teaching of man. It's useless, worthless. Isaiah 29, verse 13, the Lord says, These people came near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship, their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. Matthew 15, verse 16 to 18 and 19. And he said, Amplified, Are you also even yet dull and ignorant? Then he describes it, without understanding and unable to put things together. But whatever comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And this is what makes a man unclean and defiles him. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, reasonings, and disputings, and designs. Are you so dull? So your mind is affected by your heart. The condition of your heart will determine how you think will determine how you will, will determine what you speak. And your speak will tell us what you're thinking and will show us the condition of your heart. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, amplified. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' mind that they should not discern the truth. Watch this. Preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Who is the image and likeness of God? This is fantastic. This is an awesome scripture. In other words, the war in the heavenlies is to blind you. The one wants to give you light, the other one wants to blind you. And when he blinds you, it will make you ignorant. It will make you not discerning the truth. It will preventing you from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Watch this. Then he qualifies this illuminating light of the glory of Christ, who is the light, image and likeness of God. In other words, in the light, this illuminating light is your true nature, which is the likeness and which is the image of God. It's only in the light that your true nature could come to the forefront. 
So what he wants to do, he wants to prevent the world out there to see your true nature. He doesn't want the real you to manifest. So what he does, he wants to keep your, your mind dull. And the way he keeps your mind dull is by having you reasoning and arguing and having your mind reign supreme. So the glory of God cannot manifest through you. Because you allow yourself to become a son of disobedience instead of being a son of obedience. Having all disobedience being punished in your life. Why? Once again, so you can come to knowledge and understanding of who you truly are. And that your true nature, the image and likeness of God can start to manage, manifest out of you. Watch this scripture, John 12. I'm reading out of the Amplified. I'm going to read from John 12, 35 to verse 50. John 12, 35 to 50, Amplified. So Jesus said to them, You will have the light only a little while longer. Walk while you have the light. Are you there? Watch this. Keep on living by it. So that darkness may not overtake and overcome you. He who walks about in the dark does not know where he goes. He is drifting. While you have the light, then he qualifies. Believe in the light. Have faith in it. Hold to it. Rely on it. You see, there's no place for reasoning arguments. That you may become, say become, sons of the light. And be filled with light. Jesus said these things. And then he went away and hid himself from them. Even though he had done so many miracles right before their eyes, yet they still did not trust in him and failed to believe in him. So that what Isaiah the prophet said was fulfilled, Lord who has believed our report and our message, and to whom has the arm and the power of the Lord have been shown, unveiled and revealed. Therefore they could not believe. They were unable to believe. He has blinded their eyes and hardened and benumbed their callous, degenerated hearts. And he has made their minds dull to keep them from seeing with their eyes and understanding with their hearts and minds and repenting and turning to me to heal them. You see, that's why I keep on repeating that the proceeding word of God comes to you through the Karuks, the preacher, the herald of divine truth. Just like Jesus, he did many miracles. And the one that brought light, who is the epitome of light, was in their midst and they did not receive him. And he caused him to become dull, not to see and not to hear and not to understand. Why? Because they still wanted to reason. Who is this man? Where does he come from? Who does he think he is? Isaiah said this because he saw his glory and spoke of him. And yet in spite of all of this, many even of the leading men, the authorities and the nobles, believed and trusted in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it for fear that if they should acknowledge him, they would be expelled from the synagogue. 
For they love the approval and praise and the glory that come from men instead of and more than the glory that comes from God. But Jesus loudly declared, Jesus loudly declared, loudly, he was loud. Hello? The one who believes in me does not only believe in me and trust and rely on me, but in believing in me, he believes in him who sent me. And whosoever sees me, sees him who sent me. Verse 46, very important. I have come as a light into the world. So that whoever believes in me, whoever cleaves to and trusts and relies on me, may not continue to live in darkness. Then he qualifies it. If anyone hears my teaching and fails to observe them, does not keep them, does disregard them. It is not I who judges him, for I have not come to judge and to condemn and to pass sentence and to inflict penalty on the world, but to save the world. Anyone who rejects me and persistently, unholden, persistently sets me at naught, refusing to accept my teaching, has his judgment. However, for the very message that I have spoken will itself judge and convict him in the last days. This is because I have never spoken of my own authority or my own accord or of self-appointment, but the Father who sent me has himself given me orders concerning what to say and what to tell. And I know that his commandments means eternal life. So whatever I speak, I'm saying exactly what my Father has told me to say in accordance with his instructions. So what I'm saying is this. What God is saying to us comes directly from the Father himself. And when we receive him with the instructions that he has given us, we accept the very source of light because the Bible says he is light. So what is the solution? We have to be enlightened. We have to be enlightened. We have to be enlightened. The more light we will have, the more our soul, our mind will reflect our true nature, which is light. 1 John 1 in the Amplified is this. In the beginning was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. He was presently, originally with God. Verse 2. Verse 3. All things were made and came into existence through Him, and without Him was nothing, even one thing made that has come into being. Verse 4. I like this. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Verse 5. And the light shines on in darkness. For the darkness has never, never overpowered it. You see, you cannot stay in darkness or in ignorance if you have light. But that life that's in him is the light of man. He is the light. So if we embrace him with his word, with the proceeding word of who he truly is, we will have that life light residing on the inside of us that will cause us to function according to our true nature, which is the nature, which is the image and likeness of God himself. That's why it's so important that we should have the word, the word, the word. Psalm 119 verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
Acts 26 verse 23, that the Christ, the anointed one, must suffer, and that he, by being the first to rise from the dead, will declare and show, watch, light, both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. So what has he come to do as a firstborn, as a firstfruits? What was his purpose? Just to die on Calvary so you can be saved. No, his purpose was to bring you light. Because in the light is his life. In the light is his life. In the light is his life. He came to show us light. Matthew 5 verse 4 to 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Outside of the house, hello, is darkness. Inside the house is light. Let your light shine before men. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Why will people see your good works when your light is shining? Because your light will cause you to be according to your true nature, and your true nature can do nothing else but doing good works. Yes. Ephesians 1, verse 17 to 18, amplified. Once again, for I always pray that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, insight into the mysteries and secrets, and a deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. So that you can know and understand the hope to which you have been called. And how rich is his glorious inheritance is in the saints. He set apart once. Romans 12 verse 1 to 2. Therefore now brothers I urge you. In view of God's mercies. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have to renew our mind. And the way we renew our mind is by having the eyes of our heart flooded with light. James 1, verse 18 to 25, the Amplified. And it was of his own free will that he gave us birth as sons. Isn't that wonderful? Watch this. How? Through the blood. How? I like this. By his word. So the scripture says, not only any word, but his word of truth. What did I read to you in the beginning? His word is very, very pure. And it's true. It's by his own free will that he gave us birth as sons by his word of truth so that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. A sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself. Isn't this wonderful? Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear and ready to listen. Slow to speak, slow to take offense. Watch this. And slow to get angry. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. His wishes and his requirements. 
So get rid of all uncleanliness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your soul. But be doers of the word. Obey the message. Obey the proceeding word. Obey that which has been preached. Obey the message. And not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourself into deception. How? By reasoning contrary to the truth. See, how does the deception come by your reasoning? Contrary to the truth. For if anyone listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. Do you know what that scripture means? It means this. You look into the mirror, which is the word. And what you see is you see your original nature, your genesis. That's when you hear the word. That's when you hear the message. But if you're not going to do that word and that message, you might now see your genesis, see your true nature, see your godliness, see the likeness and image of God. But if you don't become the doer, if you walk away from the mirror, you forget what you look like. So that's why it's so important to be a doer. For if he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. And then obviously the bad nature starts to manifest. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it, and preserves in looking into it, being not a heedless listener. It's amazing how he mixed the two. You look at the word, but you're a listener to the word. And you're faithful. You persevere. Consistently trustworthy. Not you do it now, then you don't do it. You do it every time when you hear the word. And being not heedless, you heed. Heedlessness who forgets, but an active doer who obeys. He shall be blessed in his doing his life of obedience. So what does God bless? A life of obedience. You can only live a life of obedience if your heart is flooded with light and if you've punished all disobedience. So the word brings light. That light is a person which has got a nature, which is the image and likeness of God, and that will give you the mind of Christ that comes by the renewing through the proceeding word, the word of truth that's resonant in your heart, which is light, which is a person. Okay, now let me show you how to live a sinless life. 1 John 1 verse 5 to 7. See, if there's no more war in the heavenlies, if the war in the heavenlies has been dealt with by your heart being flooded with light, then you can come to a place where you can live a sinless life, even though you make mistakes. Let me show you. 1 John 1 verse 5 to 7, the Amplified. And this is the message, the message of promise. Say, thank God for promise. 
which we have heard from him and now are reporting to you. Watch this. God is light. <laughs> this is the message. This is the promise. Hello? This is the message. This is the promise. God is light. God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. So if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with him, when we live and move and are walking about in darkness, we are both speaking falsely and do not live and practice the truth which the gospel presents, which is light. Hello? But, say but. but. If we really, really, really are living and walking in the light as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. Hello? Now it's confirming the definition of schizophrenic. What does a schizophrenic do? He wants to loosen himself. Doesn't want to have fellowship. But if you walk in the light, you will have fellowship with one another. That's the first thing that will happen with you. Hello? Watch this now. So that's very important. It emphasizes fellowship. If you don't have fellowship or desire to have fellowship with your brothers, there's something wrong with you. But if we are walking in this light, if you desire to walk in this light, if you constantly take in the light and do the light, and you walk in this light, and your focus is the light, and your focus is God, which is the light, your focus is Jesus, which is the light, and your focus is the word, which is the light, and your focus is the sermon, the preaching, which is the light, and your focus is the preceding word, which is the light. Watch this. And then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, removes us from all sin and guilt. Watch this. Keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. Let me flip it. In other words, if you constantly have your heart set on being your eyes, if your heart flooded with light, and you walk in the proceeding word of God, even though you stumble along the way, you don't have to turn and say, oh, hang on. I've sinned now. I'm condemned. I'm guilty. I'm going to hell. Lord Jesus, forgive me. No, 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 no. Don't even miss a beat or a step or a breath. Keep on walking in the light because something else has got into the effect now. The blood of Jesus consistently cleanses you of all of your sins and transgressions and guilt. But what the previous season did was to come and condemn us. Oh, you're a sinner. You're a bad thing. You're going to hell. No. My focus is the light. And when I keep on focusing on the light, the proceeding word of God, although in my intentions, which is pure, and in my walking with God, I might slip and fall and make a mistake. I'm not going to concentrate because there's something that takes care of my yesterday and the days of my past. And I'm walking, facing the future because I'm walking by the light of God. That's why we should not be sin conscious. Because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us continuously. 
I'm not talking about when you have the intention of your heart to deliberately sin against God. That's when you better stop and you ask for forgiveness. I ain't talking when you live your everyday lifestyle and something slips here, something slipped there. Don't let that focus be on that situation. But listen, he says he will cleanse you from the sin and all its forms and its manifestations. He will cleanse you from the guilt of it. So don't become guilty or sin conscious, but rather keep on focusing by having your eyes of your understanding flooded with light. You know why the scripture says this? Because God is absolutely confident in his word. He knows. Because if you're going to concentrate on all your mistakes, you are actually focusing on the result and not the root. And what he is saying, forget the result, man. It will take care of itself. Let's focus on the root. Get the nature back. Get the nature back. Get the nature back. Be light. Become light. Become the light. The more you get the nature back, then you'll come to a place where you will not sin anymore because you are so flooded with light. But the devil stops us along the way. And he causes us to focus on the sin. We've missed God. We've slipped. We've not had any intention to deliberately make a mistake or sin against him. And he will use that opportunity to tell you that you are disqualified as a son of obedience. And you're going to hell. You're not going to make it. But the Bible is saying something contrary. saying, no, the blood of Jesus continually, not only when you ask it, continually wash you from sins, the effects, the manifestations of it, and the guilt thereof. So you can live a sinless life. Because of your heart being flooded with light. 1 John 2 verse 8 to 10. Yet I'm writing you a new commandment, which is true, is realized in him and in you, because of darkness. Because the darkness is cleared away and the true light, the revelation of God in Christ is already shining. A new commandment can only come because of the light that's shining. Whoever says he is in the light and yet hates his brother, a Christian born again child of God his father, is in darkness even until now. Whoever loves his brother, believer, abides, lives in the light and in it or in him there is no occasion for stumbling or cause for error or sin. See? It just confirms. If you live in the light then you have this life there will be no occasion for stumbling or cause for error or sin. So you can live in this life. You can live a sinner's life. The last one, what about healing? Let me just say something about that. Many times people think by going to a doctor, it's not having faith. Let me tell you something. Sometimes God needs hands to perform his miracle. Can I give you scripture? Or let me give you examples. Jesus had to spit in the sand, took the clay and put it on somebody's eye before the miracle was manifest. He spoke a word when Lazarus was dead. 
But when Lazarus came out, that miracle could not be completed until people performed the command that he gave. What did he say? Unwrap him. Elijah needed to throw a stick in the water for the axe to float. Moses had to stretch out his hand over the Red Sea before the water could part. So many times when we look at doctors and we not want to go to a doctor, we see that as not having faith and being a man of little faith. No, God can use them as workers of his miraculous, wonderful, miracle power in your life. So there's nothing wrong to go to a doctor. You cannot stand and believe God for a true miracle in your life, a total, complete miracle in your life. I will encourage you, go to doctors. God use them every day of the day. But let me show you how to walk in health. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 22 says this, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The Fenton Bible says this. He sent out his word and it healed and from their corruptions it freed. Isaiah 58 verse 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. See through light and walking in the light, your healing will appear. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10. For it is that purpose and grace which he now has made known and has fully disclosed and made real to us through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus who annulled death and made it of no effect and brought life and immortality, immunity from eternal death to light through the gospel. That's awesome, man. Eh? Proverbs 4. Verse 10 to 15 and 18 to 24. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life shall be many. I've taught you in the way of skillful and godly wisdom, which is comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. I've led you in paths of uprightness. When you walk, your steps shall not be hampered. Your path will be clear and open. And when you run, you shall not stumble. Take firm hold of my instructions. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Enter not unto the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of the evil men. Avoid it, do not go in. Turn from it and pass on. But the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn <laughs> that shines more and more, brighter and clearer, until it reaches its full strength and glory. Isn't that awesome? The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Verse 20, verse 21. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. Verse 22. For they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. 
Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. 24. Put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk put far from you. Then Ephesians 5, verse 8 to 9. For once you were in darkness, verse 8, amplified. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Lead the lives of those native born to the light. You see original Genesis. For the fruit, the effect, the product of the light of the, or the spirit consists in every form of kindly, goodness, uprightness of heart and trueness of life. See, now it describes the character of those that walk by the light. Kindly goodness, uprightness of heart, and trueness of life. But when anything is exposed, verse 13, and reproved by the light, it is made visible and clear. And where everything is visible and clear, there is light. That's why I said in the season, your true nature will be exposed. Because the light will expose who you are. It will bring everything in the visible and in the clear. You can hide nothing from God. Verse 14. Therefore he says, Awake, O sleeper. Awake, O sleeper. And arise from the dead. And Christ shall shine upon you and give you light. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise sensible, intelligent people. That's what God is calling us. Listen, we can stop the war in the heavenlies. We can live a sinless, healthy life if our heart is flooded with light. I hope you hear the voice of the Father that wants to emphasize us over and over and over and over again that there's nothing more important than the proceeding word, to listen to the word that God has given us over and over and over again. Till our heart is fully and wholly flooded with Christ himself, which is the light. You see, sometimes we try and change our behavior. We try and change our actions. We try and change the way we manifest. But that's just trying to change the outcome the effects he says forget that that will make you sick that will make you tired that will wear you out start to focus on the root of the thing by flooding your heart with light flooding your heart with your true nature flooding your heart with the image and nature of Christ with the likeness of him flooding your heart of who you truly are if you focus on that and keep on focusing on that Not just any word, but the word of truth. The proceeding word. Then eventually, although you might slip and slide along the way, eventually your life will line itself up according to your true nature. And you will find yourself all of a sudden that you are flooded with so much light. The glory of God is all over you. You will ask yourself, but where did this come from? What did I do? No, you did nothing. All you did, you concentrated on having your heart flooded with light. Your nature. Your nature. Your nature. Your nature. Then that nature which is contrary to God, and would have to bow its knee. 
the son of disobedience would have to make place for the son of obedience, which is the son of light, walking according to the nature of his father, which is God, which is light. So your soul will start to reflect the nature of your father God, which is light. And therefore people will see the glory of his wondrous, glorious light. So therefore, let's walk in light and not bow or succumb to the things of this world, but choose to be sons of obedience, to live a life of obedience until our true nature of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which is ours, will manifest through our lives in obedience. Till the light will shine, till the night will have no effect on us anymore. No more darkness around us because we always see as light and we're walking in the divine and heavenly light. Till he who is the light will appear and all that the world will see is the light of this glorious person called God himself. That is when you'll flood everything with him. Flood everything, all of creation with himself, which is light. So it's so simple as that. If you're tired of the way you're living, start to flood your heart with light. That's something that you have to do. That's why Joshua says, you must meditate on the word of God day and night, then you will make your way successful. Many people are focusing how to be successful trying all kinds of things to be successful and God is saying just get wisdom because the crown of the wise is wealth you want to be successful get light because if you get light you can see then you'll know what to do because if you don't have light you like those those that walk in darkness that stumble over something and they don't know what they've stumbled over can't declare or describe what is this thing that has happened to me why what is this thing that has taken place but those that are walking in the light can see. And therefore, if they can see, there's no stumbling block, nothing to stumble over. That's when the wilderness becomes a highway. That's when the wilderness becomes a highway. Walk in light. Walk in light. Walk in light. Have the eyes of your understanding flooded in light. Thank you for listening to this message. If you would like to find out more about Touch the Nation's ministries or inquire about the resources available from this ministry, please contact them at admin at ttn.co.za or visit their website at ttn.co.za. May God bless you as you grow from strength to strength in His infallibly magnificent Word.